Shmuel, Paragalif, we saw about the story of Hannah Bnila and uh, how even though Hannah was the preferred wife, Hannah's first wife, she never had children, Penina had lots of children. We see that Penina goes out of her way to to hurt Hannah, to cause her tsar, uh, whether that's because she went to Shem Shemaim or because she was uh, offended that, so to speak, she felt that Hannah uh, loved Hannah more. We saw the two different approaches. And therefore, we hold them up, we have to pass exam. And the Pasuk says, V'chein Yaisei Shana B'Shana. That's what used to repeat itself every year, Midei Aloisa B'Veis Hashem. Every time they went up to the Mishkan, Kain Tachisena. That was a repetitive thing. That Kina would be Metzahir, to cause a pain. And as a result of that, Vatifka V'Loitecha. So instead of eating, even though the Maisa we saw beforehand that O'Connor used to give her a choice portion of food, but the Maisa she would cry instead of eating. There's a very fascinating Midrash about Shlomo Melech. Uh, the Midrash says that there was a certain period in his life, Shlomo, that he was banished from the throne of Yerushalayim and he was wandering as a as a pop- Penniless pauper in, in the cities of Tayyish are trying to make his way back to Yerushalayim. And Shlomo says in the Midrash Kahelis that there was one occasion where he was invited to a house of somebody who recognized him, a wealthy man, and this person thought, oh, this is the king. So he put on a very lavish feast. But the whole meal was saying, Shlomo, I'm sure this is nothing compared to what you used in the palace. I'm sure that, uh, you know, what you used to, this is uh, not inadequate, and I'm sure you're used to so much better. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, and the tsar that he caused him, he said, you couldn't eat anything, as much as it was fancy food. But uh, the way the person made him feel was he wasn't able to enjoy anything. And he asked the Midrash at a different time, he was invited to a poor person, a poorer person. And this person just put in a meal of bread and vegetables. And told him the whole time, you know, Shlomo, Akhadish Prokhul promised your father David that there would always be one of his sons in the throne. And even if right now you have been banished or you're far away from Shlomo, it's for sure you'll get the throne back one day. It's a, and, and as a result, Shlomo enjoyed the, the meal with him much more. And then he writes a pasuk, and that is that a person can serve fancy food and it's, uh, no one wants to eat it. Because if it's done in a way where it makes the person feel bad, so he's not going to eat. Uh, the Gemara says this also in a condition, the same idea. A a person can be Michael Avi Pisuni, you can feed his father fattened fowl, which is considered a very fancy food. But if it's done in a way which he makes him feel bad, he's not going to enjoy it. And therefore here we see the same idea. And that is even though even though uh, Elkanah gave her the choicest portion, but Lamaisa because Nina uh, was Mitsara, she wasn't able to eat. It seems like Penina was only inside her when they would go to the Mishkan. Right. So it seems like Penina was inside that part of the Mishkan. Like we saw, either it was because if you're going to Dan Penina Kafskos, so you're going to say this was the place where she was able to daven, that's why he was pushed to daven. And if you're going to judge the other side, that it wasn't the Kafskos, uh, then that, was the, that would be the case. So then the idea here was that when Elkanah showed Hannah he favoured her mm. and therefore that's when Penina felt slighted and that's why she, she took it out of Hannah. Either way around. Now, until now we said what happened every year. This was uh, something which repeated itself again and again. But now the next pasuk, pasuk, Chris, 
So Hakana says, Hakana Lama Tifi, why are you crying? Velama Latak, why aren't you eating? Velama Yera Levavich. What does Isha mean? I like him. Her husband. Isha is her husband. Elkanah Isha. Elkanah, her husband. Isha, her husband. Isha, why are you crying? Why aren't you eating? Why are you so disappointed? And the question is, what was he asking her? He knew exactly why she was disappointed. It wasn't a secret. But what he meant was not like asking a question like trying to find out why are you disappointed. What he meant was the next part. And that is, what's there to be disappointed about? Aren't I better than you? better for you than 10 sons. We know that Nuna had 10 children. And therefore, what Elkanah was saying to her is, it's true you don't have children, and he knew why she was crying. But what he was saying is, that don't, isn't the fact that I'm, I have a close relationship to, to you than I do to Nuna as valuable as her, the 10 children she has. Is there really such a heaven here? The, the fact that the person doesn't have children is the same. The fact that they have a more close relationship with their spouse isn't going to necessarily replace that. We see it by Rachel also. Even though Rachel knew that she was Yaakov's favorite wife, but she says to him, I don't have children, it's like I'm dead. So it's true. I don't think O'Connor could replace the fact she didn't have children. The best he could offer her was, you have a close relationship with me. But what the... Right, was the best he could say. But the Kurdi has something else. And that is, you see, this was it wasn't always. It's not, this wasn't what happened. This time you told this to her. Another point Chanah sees here, which is critical to the next part of the story, and that is, Chanah sees in this a certain resignation. Kiiro, that Chanah settle with this is the situation you're in. That accepted. You're not going to have children, but at least you have a good relationship with your husband. It wasn't that he was telling her, no, I'm going to dive into you. We'll still have children. Don't worry. It was a kilo feeling of, look, you know, this is a matter of it, this is the story, this is the way it is, that's the situation you're in. And therefore, Kinira Elkana had uh, resigned himself to the fact that Khana wasn't going to have children, which is why at this stage, it, uh, this is where Khana herself goes to Davin. It seems like until now, this is the first time that Khana, specifically like this, went to Davin. Uh, previously, Kinira was relying on Elkana to Davin for her. I'm sure she Davin as well, but she didn't feel it was all up to her. It was only now when it got to a stage where she thought her friend is not trying for her anymore, he's already resigned himself to the fact that she won't have children. And all he can offer her in place of children is a better, close relationship with himself. So then she decides, and I tell you the B, it's after me now. And that's what we're going to find that is a much more powerful tefillah, uh, which Hannah Davin's coming from the feeling of there's no one else to Davin for me. They say a similar thing. Uh, by Yaakov Avihu. We know that Yaakov, when Nehah comes to him and says, bring me children, give me children. I'm sorry, when Rachel comes to Yaakov and says, give me children, uh, Yaakov's response was, I have, when Rashi says, I have children. You, it's not, you, you don't want to have children, I do have children. Uh, Rashi brings it and she says, that, why aren't you done for me like Yitzchak done for Rivka? So he said, Yitzchak and Rivka, they both have children. Mashiach, and here, I do have children, you, you don't have children. And uh, like Chazal pointed out, that you can't find him a summer focus. Like it's a very insensitive thing to say. This is your problem, not mine. So what was he trying to say? So there are a number of different approaches given to explain Yaakov. But one of the approaches was, and that is that Yaakov felt that Rachel's tefillah would be more powerful than his. Because to some extent, a person who doesn't have something will dive in a more real tefillah than a person who does. And so he said, when it came to Yitzhak and Rivka, Yitzhak and Rivka approached the tefillah for children the same way. 
They're both supposed to be done to children, and therefore they're both daven from the depths of their heart. Yaakov of course, I want to daven to your Yaakov, but I can't daven as, as good as you can daven. You're in a position where you're able to daven in a more powerful tefillah than I can, and therefore for Yaakov to say, don't worry, I'll daven for you, everything will be okay, would take away from her daven. She wouldn't daven the same, because she's allowing Yaakov to daven for her. And uh, therefore, Dafka, one of the words explain Yaakov is Dafka by telling her, I can't daven for you. I can try, but it's not the same thing. I can't daven for you. Uh, so that's going to encourage her to daven more. And even though O'Connor intended, we see the same thing over here. When Hannah decided he's not diving for her, he's, that's, that, he's accepted, this is the fact, this is the way it is, that's what pushes her to dive. There's a story I heard from, I heard Bashan the Basis Israel, Gary Rebbe. And obviously, as a Rebbe, Khaylim used to come to him and ask him to dive for them. So, instead of just taking a crittle in their name and a pigeon and saying you're diving, that he used to tell people to say that. He says, listen, I can try also. But if HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you the sickness, it means you to die. It's not like you get someone else to die. Okay, no, yeah, Pastor, the Rebbe is dying for me. I don't have to do it too much. Uh, it's the other way around. The Ikat Tfilah is like the Gemara says, but it's Tfilah Sechoyleh. It says by Yishmael when he's dying. Kisham Hashem is Kala Nar. The Choyleh, the person who feels the Tzai, his Tfilah is going to be a stronger Tfilah. And therefore, finding other people to die for you is good. But it shouldn't replace the Tfilah of the person who can die in the best. And therefore, same thing here. Chana gets to a point where Obviously, Elkanah doesn't feel he doesn't have children. He has. He has ten children. So she feels no one can daven for me. She's going to daven for herself. And that's going to be a tefillah, like Rachel's tefillah. Like a tefillah which comes from uh, a makam of a much deeper place of tefillah, which is going to be more effective. And that's the boss says in the Pasuk test. Vatakam chana, achrei achle v'shiloi, v'achrei shasei. Now, this is a bit of a stir. It was a stir in the Pasuk before that she didn't eat. So why here does it say after after she ate? And the is much with that she did eat. Um, and also Akhar uh, Shasai is not the right TikTok before you're talking about the lady drinking. So the Mashmah says that when Khana went to Daven, she didn't get up in the middle of the meal and go to Daven. The conversion after they finished eating. Whether she did or didn't eat, that means after everyone else has finished eating, that's when she went to dab. She listened to him. Sorry? Tell her why she listened to her husband. Maybe, maybe. But uh, the Nakul is that it wasn't. Yeah. So the the Mephashim explained that it's. It sort of says that. It was after. Um, even though I said before she shouldn't eat. So it says, She didn't eat, she ate something. It's one Mahalach Nashani bring. The other Mahalach Nashani bring is what the Marikara says, that after everyone else ate, the time of eating doesn't mean she ate. Either way around, the Nakoda was, she shouldn't get up right away to Dabin. And there's a Nakoda here too. And that is that sometimes that uh, a person Dabin's from a point of on the spot, there's a, a certain feeling that they they want to daven, which isn't a bad thing. But another time, that a person plans with, that, that, to raise themselves to daven, and we'll see that, that there's a mile in that. that is, even though I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with a spontaneous tefillah, but a tefillah which a person prepares for has more of a koyach. and therefore she gets it after everyone finishes eating. That's when she goes to daven. The Eli Akoin, he's a Kohen Gadol, Yeshev al Kisei, al Mezuzah Sayyid Chalashem. Eli, the Kohen Gadol, he's sitting by a chair, 
by the doorpost of the Hecha. The Nacher was only a king. Was in the Azara, and therefore sitting by the door of the Azara, which means outside the Azara, because it wasn't outside inside. Uh, the significance of the Yosheh of Al-Akiseh and Chazal tell us that what it means is that that day he was appointed as the Shepet. This has to be the God that is also appointed the Shepet of Israel, and therefore Yosheh means right now he, he assumed that title, that position. What's attaching the word Vishilo? Who is the one who appointed the Shepet? Until now, we didn't. It was the Ruach Hakodesh which appointed Shevetim. The, the spirit of Hashem rested on him, like we saw by each Shevet in turn, that's made in the Shevet. Uh, we hear that he was appointed a Shevet. Who was the, the authority to appoint Shevetim? And let's just say the same thing. And there was a certain Ruach Hakodesh that he got, that it was uh, that then from the Dark of being a Shevet. And Chana comes to Daven. Mihimaras Nefesh. But the spell on Hashem. She davens to Hashem and she cries double lush and she cries aloud. But Chazal uh, pointed out here that the correct dictum could have been to say that the spiral El Hashem. She davens to Hashem. Right. And the Gemara says on that that uh, there's a certain kilo, instead of just asking Hashem, it's uh, the notion of Al Hashem means she came to kill argue with Hashem. And uh, what does she argue with Hashem about? So that's the Gemara present brachas. That Chana uh, had a complaint. And what was Chana's complaint? Chana's complaint was, is Hashem, you didn't create anything in the world for nothing. And that's uh, just like you created my hands, I could do things, you had my feet to walk, you had my eyes to see. So her, uh, her complaint to Hashem was, why did you create me as a woman if I can't have children? It can't be you created something in this world for nothing. That was, the f- that was, her, um, that was her first complaint. And the second complaint, you'll see the next pasuk. She calls him Hashem Tzvakos, and that's also it's an unusual title, which until then Hashem hadn't been referred to too much Hashem Tzvakos. But uh, the Gemara explains it that Tzvakos means a, a multitude of armies, a multitude of of, of servants. And she said, Hashem, Hakadosh Baruch you have so many neshamas in the world. There's so many neshamas you've created, and so many malachim you've created. You can't give me even one of them. You can't give me even one of them. The call it's focused. So it kind of comes not not with a request, but with with two tines, so to speak. Number one, and that is, if you're not going to give me children, why do you create me as a woman? Number two, Hashem, you don't have any extra neshamas. You can't afford to give me a child. And all the money is on the neshamas you created in the world. And we need to understand. The Meshavah says that it was, it's, there was some, something which was not correct about complaining to HaKadosh Baruch But what is wrong with Hannah's argument? Is that a good argument? Is that a good argument? Because if that's the case, both those arguments don't just apply to Hannah. Anybody who doesn't have children can use the same argument. Hashem, why did, if any lady doesn't have children, Hashem, why did you create me as a lady if I don't have children? And uh, you create something for nothing in the world. And the same, the same thing as the second argument. And that is, out of all the tzvakas, out of all the millions of Muslims you you can't give me even one. So, what's the, the, what's the, the, let's say, 
the value, the benefit of davening like that, and at the same time, why was it a special tefillah for Hannah? What was the, you know, why could anybody use that same tefillah? So, let's see what she says. Besides the davening, she also makes a neder. She says, Hashem Tzavakos. Imraya Tire. If you see, again, the double ocean, if you see, you should see the Ani, the fiction of your slave servant, you'll remember me. You won't forget me. It also sounds a bit redundant to say, remember me, you won't forget me. When the Satan Amos Hazera and Hashem, you'll give me children. Now, Anashim, there are two different Nefashim. Explain the word Anashim differently. Either Anashim means. Um, sons and daughters, and there's Kharim, male children and female children, so in the Tzadis lands. Or Rashi says, there are means, Anashim is Peter Tzadikim, so children will be Tzadikim. Um, in which case, we see that davening for a child is not just generally done for a child, davening for a child will be a take. That's what she asks. So there are Anashim, children will be Tzadikim. And the third one is, there are many children that and that is that Zera Anashim means children who will grow up to be men. Which means, I don't want a child who's going to die in infancy. I don't want a child who's going to, no, who won't grow up to become an adult. I want Zera Anashim, children who will grow up to be men, children who will live a full life. In the scientific, so what's the name? She says, Hashem, if you do that for me, then in the scientific, Hashem will call you Mechayel, then I'll dedicate him to Hashem all the days of his life. And, this is Machlokas here in the Mishnah, Nazir, what this means. Either it means that a razor will never go on his head, which means he was a Nazir. Or it means a Mori Rosha is a Nashim Mori Rafir. And that is that I'll teach you never to fear any person. Okay, that's not the normal way one writes Mori, it's Nashim fear, but nevertheless, it's one of the ways to be a Darish the possible. Now, what was this Nadir? What, what is the first part of the Nadir? When the Sa'atid Hashem Koli Mechayel. What is she going to give him to Hashem? And now the second part how do you, give a, person how do you give a person to Hashem? Uh, the second part of the Pasuk is that she'll be a Nazir. Okay, that's the Mahalach in the Tanaim, in the Mishnah. Then I understand. So you can make somebody a Nazir. I'll keep the restrictions of the Zidr. But if you understand, I'm going to give him to Hashem. Well, what does that entail? And she brought him to the Mishnah. Oh, so the what she, she understood it to mean is that I'm going to dedicate him to serving Hashem. So you can't give someone to Hashem, but you can you can you can bring them up to dedicate them to to bring to bring someone to serve Hashem. Now, we're 100% right. And if that's the case, if that, if that, we understand what she wanted to do, but now the obvious question is, how can she make a nether about that? It's not up to her. For two reasons, it's not up to her. Firstly, it's up to her husband. More than it's up to her. The children, uh, the father has more schusim or rights to decide what his children than the mother does. And therefore, it might be very, very nice. She says, well, I want to dedicate him to Hashem. If Al-Qanis says, I want him to take over the business, you know, it's not possible that, he, that he, she has rights to change that. Number one. Number two, it's up to him. It's up to him. So, how can, how can she say, I'm going to dedicate him to Hashem all the days of his life? At some stage, he's going to be old enough to make his own decision. It's like if I make a nether, then I make a nether that if uh, Hashem gives me 
a big bull in the Saudi Yeshiva, I'm, I'm going to make another, all the Bachram are going to be Masmidim. <laughs> it's not up to you. How can you make another about something which you, which, which you aren't in, in, able to do? So what does she mean here? She said, in the science of the Shem Koyim Echad. What, what about Shimshim? Shimshim. Shimshim. He said, sure, I love you. The answer is, Chana decided, what has he said? Chana decided it's up to her. And if we decided, if, if, if I'm going to take that rice for the child, so I have a right to say what I want to say about it. Eleanor has a response. Eleanor has a response. This is my response. Right? And this is my response. And therefore, she felt I have the right to, to tell me what's going to be with him. That answers the first half of the question. What about the second half of the question? That we asked, um, in the master, how am I going to give him to Hashem all the days of his life? Uh, it's up to him. So, the answer again, you have to just think where Khan saw this, what, how Khan understood what was happening. And what Khan understood was happening was that, Ba'atsam, I'll keep the Khatir, I'm not going to have children. Even Khan has given up on it. If that's the case, if I'm going to have a child, it's a certain nest. It's a certain nest net, and if that's the case, I'm going to tell this child, you were born with nest. And that, that, what was the reason for that nest? Because of the understanding on condition, you're going to be a scientific Hashem. You weren't born because, just like any child is born because Hashem has children. This was a special, this was a special kiddo, a, a thing Hashem, a miracle Hashem brought about. And the reason why he did it was because it was all with Aldaita the Hoki that you were going to be, you were going to be consecrated, sanctified to the Hashem your whole life. And therefore, and therefore, uh, the, she said that Nisanta Hashem means uh, if, I, if I understand that that's the reason he's going to be born, so I'm going to I'm going to make sure and press on him that he understands. This is the reason that you were born. This is the reason you were given life for. Even his name represented that. Right, exactly. And that is that it's a it's a shield too. I borrowed it. But that's in the, the, the now, if that's the assert, if that's the assert, then I want to go back and answer the question we asked before. We asked before. Chanukah's um, argument and says, I've got this powerful. You have so many tzvokas in the world. You can't give me even one neshama. And what we ask, why is that Chanukah's unique uh, tefillah? Anyone can say that. And the answer is, Chan didn't say, Hashem, you have so many priests in the world. Right? You have so many animals, you have so many creatures, like you can't give me a child. She wasn't coming from that angle because her uh, didn't want to give her a child. She came from the tzvokas. The tzvokas, you're talking about the malachim. You have so many malachim in the world, you can't give me a child. Why did she come from the side of the malachim? Why did she say, Hashem, you've created so many like, living creatures in this world, give me, give me a living child. Why did she come from the side of the malachim? What were the words that she said? Hashem Tzvokas. Hashem Tzvokas. And the Gemara says, but the Tzvokas are talking about Malachim. The Tzvokas aren't talking about physical, like animals or other things, people, whatever is created in this world. What is in the Kudah? The same you say. It was coming from the same point. Chan understood. Hashem wasn't going to give her children. She wasn't able to have children. And therefore, yes, it was a. It was, uh, to say you created so many other people in the world, okay, but not everybody gets is able to show it. But that Han is going to something else. And there's from all the tzvokas in the world, it shows all the malachim who created to serve Hashem. Can't you give me one child? Because he'll, then he'll be created to serve Hashem. The same you said as before, which means if I understand that uh, to have a child is a child I'm not going to have. There's a child in order that he'll be used to serve Hashem. That yes, then I, then I can come to this argument. 
They're not going to say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if the point of creating him is in order to be, a, to be an Ebed Hashem, to serve Hashem is all that, then I can say, it's no different to all the other armies of Ebed Hashem you've created. That was uh, the first part. Now, the second part you have to talk about is, why was that kind of said? Most people, if we were done for a child, we're done for a child. And if it's been a long time, they'll say, Hashem, do a nice and give me a child. Why don't I go to uh, like a different point? And that is that uh, give me a child, not a child, but rather in order to, in order that I can give him to Hashem, call him Echayim. In order that he can be used as the Ebed Hashem is holy. And why was it a, a reason why she thought as a source that should have more children? That should have a child, I mean. So, there's another look at the video. And that is, let's go back to the obvious. Let's go back to the obvious. And we see that by the obvious also, out of the, both Avram and Sarah, Yitzhak and Nifka, didn't have children for a long time. Now, let's ask the question, why would they have been children? So we could send the physical level, that's, uh, like the Gemara says that Avram was a Tumtum and Sarah was nine and the Gemara says they weren't physically able to have children. Okay, one can look at the physical limitations. But we know that's not what the Gemara's Moskone is. That happens to be the case. When the Gemara asks the question, why was the Kaddish Baruch not giving children to the Avos? So the Gemara gives reasons for it. Not just, well, they couldn't have, it's too bad. No, it was the reason why Kaddish Baruch didn't want to give the children straight away. Because he wanted something from them. He wanted something from them. And if that's the case, that's the starting point Khan is coming from too. And that is not just that I can't have. And that I physically have a problem. There's a reason Hashem is not giving me children. So let me think about if I can like, work around that reason to, and that will solve, so to speak, whatever that problem might have been, and I'll have children. And that's the first argument Khan said. Khan said Hashem didn't create anything for nothing in the world. And therefore, just to say, well, you can't have children because physically you're unable to have children, so why Hashem to create me as a woman? And therefore, it must be that, it could be there are physical reasons. There were, there were, there were, there were, there were, she wasn't able to have children, but there must be a reason for that. And that's why, because, just like by the most, we don't want to stop with this, well, you can't have children because it's a physical problem. It's coming from a point of, there's this, the, the, the reason why that physical problem is there is because there's a spiritual reason why she was holding it back. And that was the point of it. The point of it was that of course, you don't create a person for nothing. You don't create even a part of a person for nothing. And therefore, you've created me as, as a woman who's able to have children, I'm able to have children. You've stopped me having children. If that's okay, there's a reason why that happened. Yes, that's the first point. But this part of Allah Hashem is that he's saying, it's not like I'm asking. I understand that, that I should be able to have children. And you've prevent me from having children, and therefore, what, what's she offering, so to speak, as a way to overcome the, the reason why she thought that she wasn't going to have a child? So the, her answer was, a child which I'm, that's going to be for Hashem. A child which is going to be brought to have a daughter. And therefore, they, they wouldn't, if, if my, my rush, my whole makshava, my whole direction, my whole want of a child, is that he should grow up to be an Ebed Hashem, and like I said, I'm going to give him to Hashem. It's amazing. Hannah never brought Shmuel up. The Pazan tell us, until the age of two, when she was nursing him, she kept him home. After that, she brought him to Bessemigdash, and she used to see him once or twice a year, whenever it was, that she came to visit. But she never brought him up. 
So she said, Akhadish Baruchu, I'm going to, if, if there's a reason why I'm not going to have a child, so then the answer is, give me a child which I'll give to you. So the child will be there, but it won't, if you don't want me to have the child, I won't have the child. Then Hashem will have the child. And that's why she comes back to my argument of Tzvachis. It's not, you've got so many Misharsim, you've got so many Malachim in the world. So I, what I want from a child is not the child that I'll bring up and the child that will give me Nachas, the child will be there to help me. I don't deserve that, for whatever reason. Give me the child who will be, be, be used to serve Hashem. Who will be meant to be in Ever Hashem. Because then, so to speak, the benefit that the mother would get from having a child, I don't have. He won't be in my house. He won't, I won't be bringing him. I won't have him as company. I won't have him as nachas of bringing him up. But he'll be there to be in Ever Hashem. That's what I want. Then that was the first part of Hanus Fair. There was that. It's, 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 it's an attempt to. To, to give a reason why she should be going to the child, even though she's not going to necessarily have the child. Okay, we'll watch the older Lashonis. In Raya Tirabani Masef, was Khartani Vratishka, for all the double Lashonis. Lashem will see tomorrow, like more deliberation of what Khanim is. How come 